Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Great Day for Freedom, and it is a great day for freedom for some, um, and for others it's definitely not. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to focus on a couple different things uh, as opposed to branching off and covering a whole bunch of things. Um, we're going to try to actually focus on just a couple things per episode as opposed to trying to cover everything. Um, so why don't we start this out with the fact that it seems that ever since most of the states, uh, for lack of a better term, opened up them barn doors after people uh, felt locked inside, it's important to note that they weren't really locked inside. People still were able to go out and do whatever they want. Um, but they had to wear masks and practice social distancing. But once governments decided, hey, go do what you want, we've suddenly seen quite a number of mass shootings over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I think we did touch on this last week because I'm having, like... We did. Memories of this. Um, yeah, no, it, it does. It seems like, you know, because really, I mean, all of last year we didn't have any shootings because people weren't gathering well and now that people are gathering in the last what has it been two and a half weeks i was trying to find somebody had a nice post and i i don't save things when i should um but in the last two and a half weeks there's been what four shootings well and it's like all of a sudden it's back to normal again america you know somebody goes and shoots a bunch of people progressives get angry, like, in what can we do about this? And conservatives go, don't take my guns, don't take my guns. Well, and you raise a good point. I do want to add something to it, though. Um, last year, in 2020, we see an increase in homicides of roughly about 33%. <coughs> and we're on the same track this year, in 2021, um, as far as an increase in violent, violent homicides. Uh, and so I, I, I don't know if we can still sit here and blame it totally on. Well, homicide. Okay. If there was an increase of homicides last year, you're, you're going to have the same crazy people. Yeah. And the crazy people don't have the access to go shoot a bunch of people. So they're going to shoot people that are within range. Well, family, friends, neighbors, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I would, I would like it not that, I mean, I am a morbid person, but I, I would be interested to see the list of homicides and how the people knew each other because if it's an increase of, like, spousal homicides or neighbor homicides or things like that, it's definitely from people being cooped up at home well, and I, not being able to take it, you know? Um, and I don't know. I mean, would those people have gone out and shot, you know, like, done, like, a massive shooting? You know, it, it, that's the thing. It, it, the problem is, is there's so much gun violence in this country and we cannot do anything about it because immediately people are like, 
Don't take my guns. Well, okay, it's important that we note note something. In 63 of the 66 largest police jurisdictions, they saw an increase in at least one category of violent crimes in 2020, which mm-hmm. include homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. Okay. Uh, that's according to a report by the Major Cities Chiefs Association. Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and Raleigh, North Carolina did not report any uh, did not report increases in any of the violent crime well, categories. Well, Baltimore's a disaster. Yeah. Anyways, no, it I, doesn't I, matter. I, I think it's going to be the same regardless of if people are locked down or not. No, but you know, again, I mean, it, it does in in the one article I'm reading. I mean, it it does attribute some of it to being, uh, you know, um. You 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 have economic collapse, mm-hmm. which it's hard to argue that that wasn't you know a factor. Social anxiety because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Um, that's definitely true. Um, now again, one of the things that uh, experts are saying is depolicing in major cities after protests that call for uh, uh, the abolition of police departments. Uh, shifts in police resources from neighborhoods to downtown areas uh, because of the protests and uh, the release of criminal defendants pre-trial or before sentences were completed to resist COVID, the spread of COVID in jails. Um, I think that more has to go into this I think they're making excuses for it. I do. Is what it sounds like. No, I, I do. I, I, but again, I, you know, it, it will be the, 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 uh, okay. We'll say the the defunding of police or re. You know, well, how it, many it, let places, me, like nobody abolished their police department. No, I I would say reallocate. They reallocated funding. funds from and, from military style gear to more social social worker type. Well, you know, funding. We're gonna touch on that in a bit because we're gonna talk about something that talks about police and and and. Things of that nature. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll come back to that. It's also important. Uh, now we're recording on on a Saturday, um, April third. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday. It's the final countdown. Sorry, it's four, three, two, one. Right. Um, that's okay. Uh, there there was a uh, a knifing attack at the Capitol yesterday. Well, uh, can can we please like the whole situation was the guy. Ram tried to ram through yeah. one of the barricades with his car. Yeah, and I think it was like a Toyota Camry or something. Like yeah, it, it was like, something that like, didn't stand a chance. Bro, come on. Through there. Um. Yeah, and then got out of the car with a knife and stabbed. Like he got he he got to two of the officers. Yeah. One died. One's in the hospital, and they shot this suspect. Yes. Um. Now the thing that. Again, if if you follow any uh, mass shootings, things like that, again, it's important to point out that this was this this gentleman was a person of color and he was a part of the Nation of Islam. Um, that shouldn't make a difference, no, but in yeah, a way, it, this th- is the one that they went on his social media, and he had like a heavy disdain for the FBI and the CIA and 
the government in general. Well, right? okay, yes, I okay. believe it was. Here's the problem with all of these shootings happening again: is you, <laughs> it's trying to keep the details to each case separate because you know they're all obviously what you would call crazy, you know. And I don't like to say that when there's like if there's obvious mental illness, which we'll get into in a second. Um, but this is obvious paranoia and probably he was down the QAnon rabbit hole, I'm sure, because, you know, he had a heavy disdain for, you know, the government and trusting the government and things like that. So, well, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I think is important that people realize is QAnon is not just for white people. Um, QAnon covers all the bases. Uh, I also find it very funny, uh, and this I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because this is a great segue. Um, one of the main things, QAnon, and this is how it started, was Pizzagate. In other words, there was a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C., that down the basement there was people that would drink children's blood and mm-hmm. you know pedophilia and having sex with minors mm-hmm. and sex trafficking and everything that Matt Getz is doing. Um, uh, I, I, Ew, you know, Matt Getz likes pizza? Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, so does Greenberg. But you still got Cuomo and you still have uh, the situation with Cuomo and, and, and you know, uh, him in a, acting inappropriate towards women. Now, of course... You know, again, that hasn't really reached the courts, and 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 you've had women saying that this is happening, but you haven't had any evidence yet that I'm aware of. Now, I might be wrong, and I'm not sticking up for Cuomo here. Look, if Cuomo did something wrong, get his ass out. Yeah, but Cuomo saying like, go ahead, investigate me. I'm going to continue to do my job until you you know you tell me that you actually found something. Yes, but so. Matt Gates walks in the room, and what does he say? Oh, we went over this. You blew the spot. Matt Getz walked in, and he goes, here, hold my beer. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what you were alluding to. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> like... So, for those that don't know, Matt Getz is a prominent Republican in Florida, because where else would he be? Right. Um, this, is, this is where And go. he named his buddy, Joel Greenberg, as the tax collector of Seminole County. Now, those that don't know how Florida works, the tax collector, they're the ones that you go, they're like the DMV in some places. Um, they handle a number of different things. It's not just cars. They handle, you know, property taxes. They handle, I it's believe... It's basically anyth- anything that we're not free on, which is something that yeah. you and I talked about. You know, fishing licenses, property taxes. Marriage you know, licenses. Marriage licenses. Um... Um, what do I, permits to, you know, renovate your house, you know, all that stuff, you know, that you need the, the local government's permission for, so. Now, it's important to understand how much of a scumbag Joe Greenberg is. He's, he's in prison right now, um, for a number of different things. Um, first off, one of the first things he did was hire everybody that was in his wedding party to work at the tax collector's office. Um, Yeah. That's never a good idea. Um, but 
and, and I'm not saying that because I have anything against anybody that was in our wedding party. I love everybody that was in our wedding party. But what I'm saying is you don't just hire friends and family because you can. Isn't that nepotism? Uh, what he did? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, he... Okay, this this guy this guy isn't isn't is an effing idiot. Um, when you turn in your license in Florida, they have a shred box. In other words, when you turn in your license, the actual license that if you get pulled over, you got to show your show the cop. Um, whether it be out of state, whether it be an expired Florida license, what have you, uh, there's a box that they put the license in and they get shredded at the end of the day. Well, Greenberg would walk by and take two or three of them, you know, a day. And he was doing this up until the point when he was removed from his position, I believe because he got arrested, if I'm not mistaken. And he was making fake IDs. Uh, he also decided to use um, uh, uh, state money to build a, illegal server farm inside his house and because this idiot didn't know how to do it it started a fire and who paid for that the state of florida um you got to understand the whole time matt Getz is backing this guy and not only backing this guy but actually pushing for greenberg to run for public office and wanting him to push to be a senator at least at some point this guy is one of the most crooked pieces of garbage in the state. And Getz for backing him is just as bad. Now, normally, I could see you sitting there saying, well, why would you say that? Because maybe Getz didn't know what Greenberg was doing. I don't know about that. I'm thinking Getz might have known, especially because him and Greenberg were best friends. There was pictures with both of them. And a bunch of younger girls taken. There was a, but you know, Getz loved the younger girls. Um, but there was also was pictures, huh? Sorry, I was mumbling to myself. There was a, a tweet from Matt Getz that I needed to find. Oh, was it the one with all the high school girls? No. Oh, um, but uh, not only that, but I mean, they, you know, he he introduced Greenberg to Trump and and everything else. What I find interesting about this, now, with Matt Getz, he's been accused of sex trafficking underage girls. And at first it was just one. But then as they dug deeper and deeper and deeper, they found out that, no, it, it wasn't just one. It was multiple underage girls. And there was receipts where they would pay these girls money. Um... Uh, usually it was Greenberg that would pay. I believe Guts paid one or two. Uh, this is the tweet I was looking for from um, oh. August of 2019 with when recording artist BB Rexa had said, there's no age that you can't be sexy. Me, and sh what she meant was, you know, you can be sexy until you die, you know. But Matt Getz retweeted it and said, I say we changed Florida's welcome signs to this. Well, and it's also very important that when the Senate took up a, a sex trafficking, trafficking bill, it was a unanimous, you know, they voted for this bill unanimously with one exception. Mm -hmm. The one that voted against it was Matt Gaetz. Mm-hmm. I wonder why.
Um, both Getz and Greenberg left a very disturbing message for Anna Eskimani, um, who is another, uh, she, she's a state representative uh, down here, pretty much saying how she is um, uh, the, 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 the new, I, I, I'm not going to quote it. Um, I also, I'm not going to put it on here, but they pretty much were talking up and Exami as being like the new golden child of the democratic party. And you got to understand Matt Getz is a Republican he, and he's a very prominent Republican as well uh, up until recently. Um, when even now Republicans are totally crapping all over him and rightfully so. Um, he went on Tucker Carlson, and even Tucker Carlson was furious because Getz tried dragging a, I guess at some point Tucker Carlson had, there was a, a scandal um, about him cheating on his wife or something like that. I don't know all, this, all the situation about it, and I'm not trying to throw Tucker Carlson under the bus. Look, that was... Suppose no, let's it was like, throw like, him under the bus. Repeatedly. Well, no, 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 no. But I, at this point, though, I understand Tucker Carlson being pissed because I guess this happened like 20 years ago. Mm. And Gates brings that up and, 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 and equates it. And then he says the FBI wired his father, um, you know, because they wanted to find out if this true. Really what was happening was, and they found out there were some people that were trying to extort money from uh, Matt, Gates, Matt Gates' father, uh, and that's why Matt Gates' father wore a wire. It wasn't the FBI. And even if it was the FBI, do you really think talking about it on nationwide TV is a good idea? Like, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that looks at something and I look at body language, I look at voice inflection, I, I, I look at all those things to try to determine if someone's lying. Um, what Matt gets, you don't even got to look at any of that. You just have to look at the stupidity level. Um, uh, again, there's a number of laws he he very he, he allegedly broke, and I'll be honest, I personally believe that he did this. Um, but he deserves his day in court like everybody else. Um, but you're looking at underage sex trafficking. Um, I believe it also is bringing an underage girl over state lines to have sexual relations with her. Um, they were paying these girls money. Uh, campaign, uh, campaign finance law could have been broken because they believe some of this money came from campaign finances. Um, there's a number of laws. Matt Gates political career is almost assuredly dead um and to be honest it couldn't have happened to a better person but it gets better there's an unnamed republican associate that also was involved with this and they refuse to name who it is now there's two people that i could think in mind that have a name big enough that they won't name who it is because there's plenty of small-time Republicans in Florida that they could have named, and nobody would even know who the hell they are. But if it was Rubio or DeSantis, you can damn well bet your ass that they are not going to name them until they have to in court. 
Did they say it's somebody on the same level as Gates? No. Did they all they said was an unnamed Republican associate. That's all they I said. I mean, it could be higher than that. Uh, it could be higher than that. Trump is down in Florida, but they made it out to sound like it was somebody that was in Florida politics. That I'm not. They didn't say that, but that was kind of like the feeling you got yeah. for it. Yes. All right. It, listen, I crap on Marco Rubio a lot. I will say one thing. I will actually be surprised if he comes up in a pedophilia case. As much as I don't like DeSantis, I actually be kind of surprised if DeSantis did too. But Rick Scott. Rick Scott, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Rick Scott, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, again, though, you know, it, it is what it is. Personally, uh, look, if if Matt Gates did it, he's a piece of garbage, and he deserves to rot in hell for life. And actually, conveniently enough, uh, the sentence that he'd probably be looking for is life in prison. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's what Greenberg's looking at as well, is life in prison. And they already have him in a jail cell. Um, they are going to find out, uh, and Matt Gatz can sit here and say that he didn't do it. And these are disgusting, uh, allegations and all he wants. He just looks disgusting. He is disgusting. I, again, Matt Gates is one of the most corrupt people in Florida. Not the, the most corrupt. I think Greenberg might actually take the cake for that. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, since we're talking about cases, we might as well move on to, you know, enough enough with, with, with Matt Gates. We'll, we'll come back to that when more is found out. I will say when I heard the message left for Annex, I mean, it's not that it was rude. It's not that it, it just it was it was it's out of character. It's just weird. Like when you have two guys, just as a woman, if you have two guys on the phone going, hey, it's us. We were just talking about how awesome you are and like. We just want to know if you wanted to talk. Like, that's just weird. No, it but you know what? It, <laughs> it bothered me because I'm friends with Anna. Mm -hmm. So is someone that's, that, that's friends with her that heard this. Like, I almost, when I heard this, if it wasn't at 5 o'clock in, in the morning when I actually ran across this, I was actually going to call her and be like, do you want me to like take care of this and then this problem will totally go away for everybody um yeah it's uh, just creepy you know i i was furious about it because anna is she works so hard she's she's not the only one carlos smith yeah, and, no, and but you have you does. also have uh you know uh um you have vanessa brito and you have a number of other people that work so hard for the people of florida and then they got to put up with that garbage. Um, you know, it, it's I, 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 I think I even put this on my Twitter, you know, before, you know, because a number of people that are trying to find garbage on them uh, follow people that they know that these people are close to. So they start following me. And so now I my block list is a mile long now um, because, look, if you really want to screw with me, be a man. Message me. Shit, call me. I don't care. Um, but there is another important case, and this actually, I was, you know, the the the. I, this sounds wrong, especially because people died. But I was sort of pissed off about the Capitol thing. One, because it, it happened at the Capitol, which is a sore subject for a lot of people. Thankfully, nothing much was going on there. 
but unfortunately, it is very sad that a cop, you know, that a police officer passed away. Yeah. Um, I don't feel very sad that a suspect passed away. Mm-hmm. Sure, the fact that they could have gotten some more information out of him if he would have been alive. But I was paying attention to the Dirk, uh, the, the the Chauvin case regarding um, the cop that knelt on George Floyd's neck. Um, there's a number of things that were brought up, and that was that he knelt on his neck longer than what was originally stated. Um, I believe it was a good 47 seconds longer um, than was stated. Now, that may not sound like a big deal to you, but try holding your breath for 47 seconds and literally time it on your phone. A lot of people have trouble doing that. Um, and you're looking at nine minutes and something seconds. I don't have the exact number in front of me um, that you had a knee right on his back. They even had an a, a MMA fighter uh, that was there on the scene and seen it happen go on the stand and was like, look, no, you, you don't do that. Um, period. I mean, even in MMA, that that's a chokehold that you're, you're not allowed to use. Um, I would also like to point out that a Minneapolis police lieutenant testified that once you handcuff a person behind their back, you need to get them out of the prone face down position as soon as possible because you're restricting their breathing yes. by having their arms behind their back. Now, um, before I get to the next couple questions that I mm-hmm. that, that that I have that 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 I'm gonna pose to you, um, I think it's important to note that going back even ten years ago, over the past ten years. When police have have uh, when police brutality against people of color was something that was rather prominent and still is, I may add. Um, I I said that if they don't clamp down on on these police officers, we're going to have a major problem. And we're starting to see a major problem because the people now are. You know, there's no trust in the police. And that's not to say that all police officers are bad. I've said it before. There are plenty of good police officers. But I will say that if you take the police officers that actively do something wrong, and then you take the police officers that see them do something wrong and either cover it up or stay silent about it, which means they're complicit, which means they're just as guilty. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say that the majority of police are actually bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks because we know a number of very nice police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, we know plenty of good ones. And I can guarantee you that we know plenty of bad ones as well. I don't know for sure because I don't ask and I don't talk about it. Uh, but uh, it is definitely a problem. I will say that the prosecution so far has made an amazing case against Chauvin. And at this point, the only thing the prosecution can do is slander the witnesses. You know, sit there and, and try to destroy their credibility. Yeah. Um, I will say this. There's plenty of people that are going to be like, oh, he was on drugs. He was on drugs. He was on drugs. 
someone please present me a toxicology report. I know that fentanyl was found in its body, but I also will tell you as someone that actually studied neuropathology, that when you die from a traumatic incident, your body released lots of chemicals in, in into the body. Your, your brain triggers that. And uh, um, a form of fentanyl is one of them. Uh, supposedly he was on methamphetamine as well. Again, don't know how true that is. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to have to come out about this case because of questions that the defense is asking. The defense asked if when you use Narcon, which is uh, either via nasal or it's like an EpiPen, they, they have two different kinds, are the people that they revive from an overdose, are they usually combatant? And an EMT says not usually. And then the defense went back, but, you know, asked if she's ever seen someone be combatant, and she has. And I've seen that, too. I've seen some people that have gotten it that have been combatant, you know. Um, I've also seen the majority of people that get it that kind of it's almost like they wake up and like, what the fuck happened? You know, um, they're not they're not all there yet. Uh, so that leads me to ask that did they use Narcan? You know, or Narcon, however you want to pronounce it. Um, again, uh, I'm very familiar with, with 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 how that works, though. It pretty much blocks the neurotransmitters uh, from the opiates. So, knowing that, knowing that this case has some very, very, very serious implications, um. Where are we in regards to relations to the police at this point? I think more people have distrust in the police now than they ever have. You might have to talk a little bit louder. Just because I don't know if it can pick you up. I think a lot of people hate the cops. That's not <laughs> what I said. It's just, as you're leaning back, since I don't have the new improved microphones yet, it doesn't always pick you up. I think a lot of people have distrust in the cops now more than they ever have. Okay, I agree with you on that. Um, but then, what brought us here? I mean, what brought us to this point? Because I remember as a little kid being told, go to a police officer. Now, mm -hmm. you got to remember, I'm yeah, 10 years older than you, so there's a difference. We've talked about this before. I mean, well, my dad's a firefighter, so... I was taught if you're close to a fire station, if you're not close to a fire station, my dad also rides motorcycles, you go to the nearest biker bar, which there are plenty of in Buffalo. Yes. Um, you know, um, or even the nearest bar and ask for help, even though you're underage. You know, because yeah. as, as a teenage girl, if you're in trouble and you walk into a bar and say, I need help, that, you know, you're not going in there going, oh, I, with a fake ID, I want to get a drink. You're going, I need help. Can somebody call help, you know? Um, and also, I mean, this goes into something completely different, but I was also taught as a young child, if somebody tries to abduct you, do not scream help, scream fire. Yeah. Because people respond to that as opposed to help. Um, yeah, I was never taught to find a police officer. Um, 
I don't remember anybody telling me to find a police officer if I needed help. Well... And I, I don't know if that was necessarily because they distrusted cops or if they just trusted other types of people more or not to bother the cops with, you know, things that, you know, and not, not saying that like certain things you shouldn't bother the cops with, but it just was like, I was never explicitly told, Hey, if you need something, go to a cop. Well, I'll give like, you, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Now, for those that don't know me, I have long hair. I'm covered in tattoos. Um, I, I also, you know, again, am very, very well educated. Um, you wouldn't believe it by looking at me, but I am. I'm also a fairly larger guy. Uh, and at one point, we had noticed empty uh, needle syringes, um, you know, syringes uh, outside the house and, and down the one alleyway next to next to the house. Um, and the third time I just, I got mad because what if a little kid was to grab it and use it? What if it was somebody that had HIV or another bloodborne illness like hepatitis or something that, that used it and a kid grabbed it, stabbed themselves, what have you. So I called the police. I'm like, Hey, look, I mean, we could have easily, you know, again, you know, um, you know, Ferrari works, you know, uh, at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a animal clinic. So, we could have easily just put it in a sharps container, but I wanted the police to know so in hopes that they would up their patrols. So we call the police, the police show up, and automatically they automatically assume it's mine. Okay, why the hell would I call the police if it's my needle? One, never done intravenous drugs. So that totally eliminates it. Um, two... You had the good cop, bad cop. You had two of the cops sitting there playing like I'm the I, I I'm the person that's wrong, you know. And then you had the other two that understood. And then I finally mentioned, hey, look, I'm good friends with my next door neighbor that happens to be your guy's boss uh, or your guy's supervisor. So I'm gonna make sure he knows how this went down. Um, and then all of a sudden they were nice to me, but there was no reason to be an asshole. I was calling so they could decide, look, do you want to take it? Do you want us to throw it out? Whatever you want to do, please you know, increase patrols. They obviously didn't get the message. I mean, they really didn't increase patrols at all. And instead, I just had to deal with, them, deal with two of them acting like assholes. Yeah. Uh, and that's why, no, I don't typically trust police. That's not the only run-in I've had with them. Um, I, with, with police, I'm not just saying those police, I mean like police in general. Right. Um, and there's been other times where police have been great. You know, that's, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that, that they're all bad. There's times where, where they, you know, a kid's bike got stolen and the police pulled together their money to buy the kid a, a bike, you know, a new bike. And that's a great thing. Um, I think that, Everybody deserves an opportunity to show themselves. So this brings up a very interesting thing that we need to talk about. When the Chauvin case concludes, mm -hmm. what happens afterwards? Depends on how it goes. Well, okay. Obviously, we know what's going to happen if he's found not guilty. Okay. 
mm-hmm. we know that that's that that's going to be a very dangerous situation, not just in Minneapolis, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. We've already seen there was no justice for Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that want to say that there was charges filed, um, here, I, I got news for you. The charges that were filed were not filed for the bullets that were fired inside Breonna Taylor's home. They were they they were for the bullets that actually were fired into I because some of them went into other residences that were owned by white people. Yeah. And it's important that that's realized because everyone's well, they file charges. They didn't file charges for anything involving Brianna Taylor. No, and the only thing they dropped the charges against her boyfriend for shooting at the cops, which is a good thing, but it it, they kind of like brushed that under the rug, like, oh yeah, we 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 dropped the charges against him. Like they didn't want to say that they did that. Like it was almost like they really wanted to, you know, get him in trouble for shooting at the cops. It's like no. Well, and if you look at a lot of those cops, they weren't actually dressed as cops. They were in plain clothes, mm-hmm. and it was a no knock warrant, mm-hmm. which means they could just bust in. If you just bust into my house, I don't care who you are. You're probably going to end up with a bullet between the eyes. Yeah. And then we'll sort it out later. You know? And I think most people feel that way. Um, But if he's found not guilty, do you think there's going to be protests? Yeah. Yeah, not guilty? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. If if he's... I What I meant to say, and I apologize. If he's found guilty, do you think there's going to be protests? Not necessarily protests against the ruling... But more of, I don't want to say a celebration because it's not a celebration. Someone died. No, I think, will you see maybe like vigil type things? Yes. And I think you're going to see some cops across the country get really angry about it. But I think it's going to set a good precedent because we need to end qualified immunity. Well, and the biggest problem to that... Every every police officer who shoots someone needs to be brought to trial. Yes. You know, it needs to, and it needs to be treated as if they... It, the fact that you're a police officer does not give you carte blanche to just start shooting people. And I'm not saying that cops do that, but you... Some do. But just because... You have a suspect that you can't control. You don't pull out your gun and shoot them. There are de-escalation techniques that you are trained in. You know, so that's that's definitely something. He does. He needs to be found guilty to set a precedent. You know, and you had said, like, what brought us to these situations with the cops and this well, whole situation. Let me finish. Um, the last 50 years or maybe 60 years... As, like, and we'll, we'll go into it, is as more people have gained rights as citizens, and we don't have to go into which groups, everybody knows, and as more cops, you know, as the, the qualified immunity and all of that, and the police unions, and we've talked about this before, cops are pretty much given, like, a do whatever you need to do. And uh. that needs to end. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And and again, watching the protests as much as I did last year was a great mm-hmm. uh, w- was a great example of that. 
Um, I think one of the things that needs to be done is, and you, I, I, I highly doubt you'll see this happen, but I think Biden and Harris need to almost take an Obama approach to it and invite the heads of some of the major police unions to the White House and be like, look, this needs to be fixed. The police unions are not there to help you. The police no. unions are there to get cops off the hook, right. even if and, they're guilty. And here's the thing. Unions in general are there to protect the people that they represent. You know, workers unions are, you know, are there like steel mill unions are there to protect the steel mill workers from the people who own the steel mills and would otherwise exploit them and overwork them and you put them in danger or whatever. So in theory, the police union should be there to protect the police officers from, you know, from things like that, you know, being overworked, being underpaid, um, you know, being unfairly treated. But the problem is, is that it's the cops who are unfairly treating people in general and the police unions are like exacerbating that. Well, I have a question. You mentioned you, you, you made a very good point about the purpose of a police union. Mm -hmm. So, and you, you mentioned like a steel workers union. Mm -hmm. So if I'm working in a steel mill and we all know Buffalo had plenty of steel, mm -hmm. steel mills and Let's say Jim decided that, you know, he, we, we got in a bar fight the night before, you know, or morning before, because most steel workers worked overnight and they, bars opened up at eight o'clock in the morning in Buffalo. Um, and we got in a fight because, I don't know, we, whatever, we disagreed right. on the result of a football game or something. But I'm still so mad because he sucker punched me that I decide that I walk up behind him and shove his head right on top of one of those hot glowing pieces of metal that comes out. Mm -hmm. And he ends up dying. Mm -hmm. Is the Steelworkers Union going to defend me? Probably not. Why? Um, because the, 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 unions, the unions are there to protect the workers from unsafe working conditions, not from a criminal act from another employee. So is kneeling on someone's neck when they're handcuffed a criminal act? Well, it's a criminal act against someone who's not even an employee of the same thing, you know? Well, let's say it was... I mean, again, I, well, you won't see this. Cops cover up for each other. You wouldn't see this anyway. Although there was a case of four white officers beating the hell out of a black detective. Um, forgot what city it was. You can search up. It happened within the past two weeks. Um, that's going to be an interesting case because who's the union going to side with? I can already tell you who the union is going to side with. Um and that brings us to the next thing, um, which is like the Black Lives Matter protests and how we can narrow that racial divide. Because as we've seen, 
look, racism has always been there. I'm not naive enough to think that it's not always been there. At one point, I honestly did think that racism uh, was starting to, I, I don't know, go out of style. Is I, that the best the, way for the, me to word yeah, it? Yeah, blatant racism. Yeah. Is going out of style, like calling black people the N word and, you know, blatant, even blatant misogyny and things like that, you know, like calling women broads and, you know, like get back in the kitchen. Like that kind of mentality is going out of style. Unless you're a Republican. Well, yeah. But there's the underlying stereotyping and what we call systemic racism, which is laws that have been in effect for years or laws that are being passed now that are thinly veiled racist laws. Which you we know, have quite a few of them in yeah, Florida right now that, yeah. that DeSantis in particular is pushing. Right. Um, so, and, and I mean, just, you know, the way that, you know, you, you'll say like, well, you know, a lot of black people live in poor neighborhoods. Well, that's because they were, like, pretty much herded there. Yeah, they were. 50, 60, 70 years ago, or 100 years ago. You know, they were ostracized from more, you know, wealthy neighborhoods. You weren't allowed to live there. You had, you know, and so people have been slowly breaking out of, you know, poverty and, and things like that. And it's... That we could do hours about systemic racism. Well, and that's and, that's not what I'm looking for, but yeah, I I. But I mean, the thing is, is everybody has to do better. That's that's just what it is. Is everybody has to want to do better? Like those of us who are like us, we're white. We really don't have much going against us. You know, of you like. If, I mean, yeah, do we have some things that are obstacles in our way? Of course, everybody has things that happen to them or things that they have to get past. But we're not black, so we're not judged by the color of our skin. I'm a woman, but at this point, there's very little misogyny now. There's still some, you know, minor instances and in sexism and things that happen, but... I don't feel like I'm an oppressed person. You know, I, I'm not uncomfortable walking into situations because of who I am or what I look like. You know? But we need to be... We need to be there and bring up the people who are being oppressed. You know? And we need to recognize when things are underlying or thinly veiled, you know racist or homophobic or misogynistic sexist whatever is those of us that recognize it need to go hey this is wrong this is why it's wrong this is how we fix it and let's fix it well and that and that brings me the the protests i think made people aware but unfortunately because of uh who we had in office um yeah. because People were were taking clips from very biased right wing media outlets, um, yeah. as opposed to watching independent journalists that were that, that really didn't have a slant either way. 
They were just showing what was going on in their neighborhoods. Um, the protests turned out to be, and even now you hear people say, well, they're ruining their own neighborhoods and, and everything else. Um, if you actually did what I asked many people to do, and very few did it, um, watched some of these independent journalists, you would have actually seen that in the very beginning, yes, it was a number of people of color that were doing that for the first maybe month. Maybe maybe the first month. They were acting out, yeah. After that, though, and I don't even think it was a whole month. I, I think, think it was so just either. a couple weeks. After that, though, you started seeing that it was actually a lot of white people. And it got to the point where uh, a friend of mine uh we both would watch and it was easy to tell who was part of the black lives matter movement and who was not um uh, you did see a number of the militia groups getting in there you want an example as much as everybody wants to say oh Kyle Rittenhouse was beaten up by a bunch of black people mm. Kyle Rittenhouse was marching with those same people. It was when they finally realized that he was part of the white militia that was given water by the police, I may add, and told, hey, there's a bunch of black protesters that are going to be over there if you want to go. We're not going to be over there for at least a half an hour. You know, the same stuff that happened in the 50s to the Freedom Riders. Mm -hmm. So um, the police, racism exists within the police for sure, for sure. Racism exists within the military. Um, racism exists everywhere. And we need hey, now the military. Financial institutions and banking and housing and education and healthcare and Yeah, I know, wasn't going to go through the whole long list. Yeah. But yes, you're right. And the, the military now is finally starting to realize that they do have a, racist, a racism problem. And they are finally starting to take steps. The Pentagon released, I think it was this week, um, that they are going to take steps to eliminate racism or, or, or at least try to mitigate it the best they can. But I do have a question. Is Black Lives Matter, is that movement still relevant in the form that it is right now? Because it's changed. It's changed. You could actually, if you were watching the protests, you could see it evolve. And... In some places, it, it was evolving in a beneficial way. But in other places, it was actually evolving in a very negative way. And the people that were influencing that change, um, it almost made you wonder if they were being paid off to influence it a certain way. Um so that's my question to you. Is Black Lives Matter still relevant or should we should, should it actually be something different now or called something different with the same basis of making, you know, raising awareness that, hey, look, just because someone's a person of color, not just black. That counts mm -hmm. for Asian people. That that yeah. you know, it, it doesn't you know it, it counts for Latinos. Um, it, it, at that point, you almost have to wonder: Do we change Black Lives Matter to include 
other nationalities. And believe it or not, and I'm not, look, I am not in any way trying to marginalize what people of color have been through and the history of it and the history of slavery and, and, and everything else because it goes back to that. But what I am trying to say is there's there are white people that get treated just as bad that are good people. Um, do they have the history that that people of color have of being treated like like treated like shit? No, they don't. Um, but I think that everybody needs to stand together. I, and, and I've said that before, I think there needs, I think whether it be Black Lives Matter or whatever they set up, I think there needs to be an actual leader, someone to actually help lead or a group of people to help lead. Because that was one of the things that I noticed is there was no leaders and they started developing leaders, leaders starting to develop as the protests went on, but there really was no leaders. And that actually made the situation worse i think the the problem is is that there are so many problems like we, we talk about systemic racism as a problem but it's so ingrained in so many different areas that it's not just like one fix like there's a lot of things that need to change and yeah black lives matter um asian lives matter um, you know, LGBTQ lives matter, yeah. you know, that all of that, it's not just that, oh, black people are being oppressed. It's that Latinos are being oppressed. It's that Asians are being oppressed. It, it all boils down to, and I mean, this is pretty much it, is that there are still people in this country that want it to be like it was in that rich, white, Male landowners are the only ones that can make any decisions. Well, and, and, and we'll close out because I have a final question for you mm -hmm. on that. Do you, in your opinion, and I know that we've gone over this before, but we obviously know that it's more apparent over the past four years. Mm -hmm. But the one question I've never, I, I, I haven't asked you, and I don't even think I've asked you off air. Why? Why what? Why why is racism more apparent now than ever before? Everything came to a head. So there usually is something that is the tipping point. Social media. Social media? The I access to all of these viral videos of racist white Karens yelling at black people for being in their neighborhood and having everybody's got a camera phone that you can actually record the cops, you know, because cops have been killing black people and people of color unjustly forever. Oh yeah. But we now have, we have smartphones in our pocket that have a camera that we can film immediately post to social media it's the access to it that it all came to a head is that everyone has a phone 
everyone has a social media account and everyone sees what's happening. Well, and I, I think one of the things, and I think this is going to actually, it is going to tip the scales in a very heavy way, one way or another, is a result of the Chauvin case. Um, and the, the fact that there's, the fact that there's so many discrepancies between what the police report says and what, or supposedly says. And what's on the video. And what's on the video and what bystanders seen is so glare like like it almost looks like they intentionally doctored that that police report yeah um and again as much as people want to say you know he was on meth and he might have been i don't know he did have a drug problem at one point he may have still had a drug problem at this point i don't know but to sit here and say that someone has a drug problem, so we're going to kill them. Um, okay, great. I challenge any one of my, any one of the listeners of this podcast to seriously st stand up and say, you don't know anyone personally or have anyone in your family or close friends that has a drug problem. And, and and then and then say, well, that person deserves to die. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's you know again, it, it, it's it's a shame, but again, nobody, very few people set out to say they have a drug problem. It starts off very simple. It, it starts off because, I mean, part of the problem is our medical system sucks. You know, what's the answer? Pain pills or yeah. psych pills, you know? Right. Uh, and, again, when you're in excruciating pain, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm in excruciating pain 24-7. Ferrari sees me every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have some serious issues. I'm not going to get into it because this isn't about me. But I will say that I'm very careful how I use my pain medication uh, because I don't, I, I want to be off of them at some point, but not everybody has that willpower. Everybody that that opportunity to do that, you know? Um, and the other thing that people need to realize is you do, you do build up a tolerance to those pain meds and then you need more. Uh, it, it that's how the body works. It's not like you're craving it mentally. I mean, you are craving it, you know, psychologically, but physically you're craving it because it needs more to take away the pain. And George Floyd had uh, back issues. His girlfriend had neck issues, both of them. Um, but the one thing that sticks out, and I don't know if he still was, was working at the Salvation Army is, they both were working on the Salvation Army, and I'm willing to bet they were working with, with with other recovering addicts. I don't know. I can't say that for sure, but I'm willing to bet that's what they were doing. You know? Um, and you have 
the one pathologist, that forensic pathologist, they're the ones that do the autopsies, that says that, no, the, the drugs in, in a heart issue were what killed him. And then you have two or three others that actually took a look at that autopsy report and were like, no, no. It was the cop kneeling on the back of his neck. Um, I will say right now, I, I, if, if, if Chauvin is found not guilty, uh, I'm going to have a hard time myself not protesting. Yeah. You know, um, the one thing I, I don't think he's going to be, I, I cannot, I cannot see him being found not guilty though. I, the prosecution set up such an amazing case. Um, that I I'm I, I have to think that he's going to be found guilty. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he probably will be treated by kid gloves as opposed to thrown into gem pop. And hey, let every person of color decide what they want to do with him, because he had he he had George Floyd's life in his hands. So maybe his life should be left in the hands of all the people of color that are in prison and let them decide what to do with them. Uh, I realize there's a lot of people that will disagree with that. There's a lot of people that are going to say, Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. No, I don't think it's a horrible thing to say at all. So at any rate, we're, we're going to, as our producer is freaking out over a sticker. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm distracted. Uh, but, we're going to close out this great day of freedom. We will do another one uh, within a week. Uh, uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot more to talk about soon. So Yeah, I, I, I think we, we may even do it before next Saturday, depending on, on how things play out. Uh, but, again, please remember it is a great day for freedom if the results of the, uh, of the Chauvin case uh, come out before next weekend. We actually probably will do an episode. Mm -hmm. um, although I may wait a day to see how the public reacts. Uh, and we'll go from there. So uh, please be safe. Again, we stress this all the time. Wear a mask. Practice social distancing. If you, uh, if you practice Easter, have a great Easter. Uh, and we will uh, be back next week with a whole bunch of other nonsense regarding uh, what's going on in the world. Thank you so much.